0: Miguel O'Hara, Spider-Man of the year 2099. That's me, ready to save the universe and looking good while doing it. Welcome to Accelerated Visions with your host Gil Mancha. This is my chronological discussion of the Spider-Man of the future, Spider-Man 2099. Disclaimer: I will be actively getting and collecting volumes and other collections as we go, and I will only be covering issues that I can get physically. I'm going to try to stray away from digital because I love physical media, but the Marvel Unlimited app would be a great way to keep up with the podcast. We'll of course start in the 90s with his original, self-titled comic. There's a few others, some mini-series, and even video games that we can discuss, and trust me, I'd love to discuss the video games down the line. That said, let's get back to today's issue, Spider-Man 2099, number two, Nothing Ventured. Links will be in the podcast notes. According to Marvel.com, issue number two was released on December 1st, 1992. Let's take a look back at what else was happening that day in history. Hey, can I call a timeout? As of December 1st, Bram Stoker's Dracula was top of the box office, and in both the US and UK, top of the music charts was... I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston. On the small screen we had TV shows like Only Fools and Horses, Full House, Dinosaurs, and Melrose Place. People didn't really have cell phones, we had landlines, and some people had pagers. The majority of people never even heard of the internet, let alone had access. I haven't seen Bram Stoker's Dracula, but I think I might have like a Sega CD game of it. But for TV shows, Full House and Dinosaurs are great. The Full House theme song will earworm its way into ruining your day. For our younger listeners, a pager was a small wireless device that received and displayed short alphanumeric or voice messages. They weren't full on phones, but you'd get the message and know to call someone or go to a place. In movies, usually business people had them. Fast forward to today, and you can get all that and more in a common smartphone. Pagers, however are still in use by restaurants. Many will give you a little pager that'll ring when your table's ready. Though some ask for your phone number and they'll just text you. Effectively accomplishing the same thing. That's a taste of what the world was like when Spider-Man 2099 number 2 was published. I'm reading this from the new Spider-Man 2099 Omnibus Volume 1. The comic was written by Peter David, penciled by Rick Leonardi, Inker Al Williamson, Colorist Noelle Giddens, Letterer Rick Parker and Editors Joey Cavalieri and Sarah Massoff. The cover shows Spider-Man 2099 clinging to a wall in the foreground. In the background we see an explosion. The text displayed on the wall that spider mans clinging to says the high tech hunt. His hand obscures the Spider-Man 2099 text which is kind of neat. Let's check out the about this issue section on the Marvel Unlimited app for this issue. What is the history of Miguel O'Hara? The new Spider-Man of 2099 discover his backstory in this shocking issue, plus a rude interruption from agents of the future, the public eye squad. A little less vague than last issue summary, but I think we've already covered a lot of his history. We know he had great education, worked for Alchemix, working on genetic modification. He went on to quit, but he was drugged by his boss, so he went to overwrite his current drugged DNA with an older cleaner save file using a work database, but another worker messed up the settings and added Spider-Man DNA in there. That's all issue number one, so I'm not sure what else they can realistically add. More from the public eye sounds like it'll be fun. More of an excuse for the writers to show off McGill's abilities against lower power grunts. After the break, we'll summarize the issue. What it do guys, Manjame here and if you like board games, especially deck building games you should check out at team underscore thunder on YouTube. There we have unboxings and games of Legendary, a Marvel deck building game, the DC deck building game, the Transformers deck building game, and many more. That's also where you can find VODs for this, Donna Pod, and Water Damage in Aquaman podcast where you can directly leave a comment and we can discuss the issues. Ah, it was a good warm up, so when do I get a real challenge? We continue from our last issue where Miguel is recording a diary entry by narrating to his AI waifu, Lila. If none of that makes sense, check out our last episode, then come back to this one. We see him sitting in the dark talking to her. After emerging from the transformation chamber, Miguel was in a haze, not really understanding what was happening to him. Everything was numb, he's just there, naked, staring at his hands whose digits had these talons coming out of them. His vision was so weird that he couldn't really see his hands. It's not fully explained, but my guess is maybe everything was so blurry that he could only see like vague outlines. All he could hear was buzzing, which he muses could be Aaron Delgado's voice, or his subconscious freaking out about what was happening and trying to keep him from really internalizing it all. Aaron was yelling at him, maybe yelling Miguel's name. He tried focusing on him, finally noticing him, and was able to let it in, Aaron? Aaron, in turn, did not take too kindly, telling him to back away, pulling out a laser gun, shooting at Miguel, telling him to keep away. Shoom! Acting quickly, Miguel ducks. Aaron, stop. Shoom! He shoots again. Stop. Miguel keeps dodging. One shot, just missing his head. I won't let you kill me. I don't care what you've turned into. I won't let you kill me. Jumping toward Aaron, Miguel tells him, Will you shut the shock up for one? And Aaron shoots again, this time hitting a canister with a danger label on it. This causes a huge explosion. Boom! There's a huge hole in the Alchemix building, fire, smoke coming off of it. Bachoom! The explosion throws Aaron away, out of the building, but Miguel catches him. As Miguel is holding him, Aaron's complaining about how much his grip hurts. Miguel's telling him to stop squirming, but Aaron tells him it feels like he's ripping his skin off, blood streaming down his forearm. Aaron falls to his death, Aaron, but all that's left is Aaron's jacket. Miguel's confused, why was he struggling when he was holding as tight as he could, but then he looks at his hands and notices the talons, they were razor sharp and the tighter he held on, the more the sharp talons actually dug into Aaron's arms. Miguel puts on the jacket so he's slightly less naked, but before he can really come to grips with what just happened, the public eye arrive to investigate the explosion. They see a person and tell him to put their hands over their head. Miguel starts thinking, Talon's heightened vision, leaping like a spider, specifically. Dear Lord, the Spider program, he jumps off the building proclaiming to be a freak and he'd rather die. But comes to his senses, and uses his talons to slow his falling. Help! Here he notices his toes have talons as well, but they come out at the bottom to support him while climbing. As such, he starts climbing up the building, telling himself not to look down. Bree! Sirens wail as more of the public eye arrives on the scene, telling people to move along, nothing to see here. A flying fire patrol is working on the fires and Miguel's made his way up to the top of the building and he's asking himself why Eren had to mess with his attempt to rid himself of the rapture. If you wanted to kill me, the least you could have done is get it right. Instead, he's stuck like this and I don't have the guts to finish your job. With nowhere to run, Miguel's about to let the public eye apprehend him. Luckily for him, a man dressed as Thor, yelling about how Thor will return soon, is paragliding by. Miguel hitches a ride on the glider. The Thorite, as they're called, asks, what manner of bizarre being art thou? Come again? I said, who the shock are you? I don't know, the Easter Bunny, Santa Claus, Spider-Man, take your pick. He ends up picking Spider-Man since he was one of Thor's allies back when. Miguel starts thinking, being shot might have been the better choice, but eventually they do land, a bit of a crash though. But the Thorite was pretty cool about it, even giving Miguel some of the cloth from his paraglider to use as a mask. He tells him, it was my honor and remember Thor is coming. Yes, well, I'll set an extra place. Back to Alchemix, Tyler is on a call with Tiger Wilde who's threatening him. They mentioned an assassin. I think that's supposedly the person who caused the explosion. Wanting to find the assassin, Tyler demands to know where Venture is. Venture's a bounty hunter who is already in the building. Venture kind of looks like a cowboy with a couple of high tech eyes that he can use to track the movement in places of where people have been. In doing so, he can tell that there was an explosion and that somebody had been on their stomach near the edge of the building. While he's doing that, he's just standing there. One of the public eye says that these elite guys give me the creeps. And another one tells him, I bet he can hear you no matter how you whisper. You'd win that bet, Venture answers. Now at the board meeting, it turns out their spy in Latveria was detected and disposed of despite the armor they'd fitted him with. Luckily, they got the armor back in one piece. Venture walks in and pulls the CD out of the side of his head and puts it into a computer to show what he found. He was able to construct a basic layout of what had happened, with generic human models. Tyler's impressed with the wall-crawling person and asks Venture to find him. Venture tells him, "Make it worth my while, and I'll drag his butt back from the moon if I have to." Cut back to Miguel's apartment. He's just been woken up by Lila with a priority call, thinking it was all a dream. Arg. This is insane. I ripped my sheets to shreds, but I haven't injured myself. He presses the talons against his body, and it retracts, so he muses that he can probably do it by will if he practices. Outside, Venture is tracking Miguel's footsteps. The priority call Lila mentioned earlier was from Miguel's brother, Gabriel. It's an AR video call. He notes how terrible Miguel looks, and tells him he's coming over. Miguel tells him not to, and the transmission breaks up. Miguel starts looking through his closet and he mentions he'll need more clothes made up of unstable molecules fabric that won't get ripped up. He owns one suit that he'd gotten for his Mexico trip last year for the Day of the Dead festival. Since they can be pretty wild, he wanted to get something sturdy. He says he should wear it all the time since it's a celebration of the dead and his days of being normal are now dead. Lila notices he's distressed so she starts showing him different appearances and personalities she has, which includes a punk rock girl, a butler, and an old lady reminiscent of Aunt May that offers him warm milk and chewy brownies. Miguel, whose coffee mug says a world's greatest brain, looks at the reader, breaking the fourth wall, and says, Kill that one. And goes back to Lila. Ventures already at the crashed paraglider, making his way through Miguel's night. Gabriel tells him, Look, I know you're short-tempered. Me too. When you're half Mexican, half Irish, you're not gonna be Mr. Sweetness and Light. But he wants him to be honest with him. Miguel tells him, He got better, he beat the rapture addiction. Gabriel challenges this because it's not even possible to do that and Miguel's the one who told him that. He pleads with him, Alchemix is a bad place with bad people and the corporate raider program is just wrong and evil. While he's talking, Miguel's forearms start to itch and he looks outside. Removing his glasses and he's able to see Venture walking around in the distance. Quickly, he rushes Gabriel out the door, tearing his jacket in the process, likely from his talons. Once alone, he reveals that he recognized Venture from the Alchemex Elite Core file, a cyanetically enhanced heat tracker and cyborg. Then he remembers, right now they're on the trail of a person, but not specifically Miguel. To put him off of Miguel's track, he needs to hand them another person of interest. Miguel uses a handheld sealer to attach the sky cloth that he'd been using as a mask to his Day of the Dead costume. By itself it can't keep him aloft, but the idea is with the combination of the updrafts and his agility he might be able to glide. Meanwhile Ventures made it to the apartment building. Ready, Miguel asks Lila to open the window, which is permanently sealed for his protection so he just breaks through it. The pose of him jumping is awesome and dynamic but then he goes into more of a falling pose hoping the updrafts will catch the cloth but it doesn't catch on when he thinks it will Venture notices the heat impression getting stronger and stronger until cloth thump miguel dive kicks venture knocking him to the ground miguel's happy the glider material worked otherwise miguel would have had a much shorter comic run he's terrified but doesn't want venture to know that he's got to say something that'll shake him up turn the page and here's where we have my quote of the issue Son of a... Computer, this laboratory has been compromised. Initiate self-destruct sequence. Ten seconds. Ten seconds? That's barely enough time to come up with a clever explosion-related quip. Ooh, that must really burn you up. So long, Spider-Man. It's been a blast. Ah, oh, she's good. Miguel, in his proper Spider-Man 2099 attire, Sticking to a wall, Talon's out with his left hand, a bald fist on the other says hi, and in his mind thinks that wasn't it. A great first impression for a guy who's never really been in this sort of situation. He's so nervous and scared, but he's aware enough to know what he wants to convey and he did not do it this time. I'm sure over time he'll get there, maybe even in this fight. Venture's just looking up at him and doesn't say a word. That's where the issue ends. Next, nothing gained. After the break, we'll go over some thoughts and feelings about the issue. Our reality is coming apart at the seams. And now I see why. The two gateways created a link between our times. Together, across the expanse of time, we must defeat our enemies and defy death itself. No! I like this issue more than the last one and the pages just flew by for me. Miguel didn't come off as snarky as the first issue and it's a great improvement. He's more reacting to what's happening to his body and the world around him at this point. It's different because before he was the smartest guy in the room and felt comfortably in power. Now he's a monster, accidentally killed someone, and now he's on the run. Seeing the Thora was fun because it's more of the familiar. Granted, I don't think we'll actually see Thor, but it should be technically possible. Thor is hundreds, maybe thousands of years old, so unless he actually died, he should still be around. Maybe he looks like Odin now with like a huge beard, white hair, but you know, still around. Turns out it was really important to find the Thorite because not only was he like his getaway plan, but the cloth from the glider is really important to the costume. Speaking of, since he bought the costume, that means if it ever does tear or wear out, he could just buy a new one until they like figure out that... This is just a store-bought costume, and they start tracking the sales. The action at the end of the comic was cool. Seeing a full-on dive kick, man, that's great. I thought the image on the last page looked familiar, and when I closed the omnibus, I actually noticed that they use the same page, sans the text, as the front cover. Honestly, it's a great image, only ruined by Miguel himself botching his first line to his enemy. What do you think? Did you read the comic? Let's continue the discussion on social media and the YouTube VOD. You can find me at Manjame Thunder on Twitter and at team underscore thunder on youtube if you're looking for another podcast to listen to and want a broader look at dc comics check out dawn of pod a dawn of dc podcast on spotify and anywhere you can find podcasts or if you're looking for another podcast to listen to and want to learn more about aquaman king of the seven seas check out water damage in aquaman podcast on spotify and anywhere you can find podcasts manjame out i've had it with this jabbering